0: Wednesday and Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. I'm Leon Cox and this is Sound of Play 201 and it's an almost all community request special with one exception which we'll come to later on. Hello, new listeners especially, with no disrespect to our regular subscribers, but hello and welcome to those of you who picked up Sound of Play by listening to our special 200th edition, which was the previous show. And we let it spread far and wide via the Cana and Rinse community subscription. Cane uh, and Rinse podcast subscription, I should say. So you may have heard Sound of Play if you've never heard it before. We've done this once or twice before, but uh, we always feel that this show gets not as much attention as it deserves compared to our other show. Kana Rinse, our deep dive review show. I'm sure there are some of you who listen to this and don't listen to that. You should correct that mistake as well. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, nine tunes coming up from throughout the history of the video games music medium. So we started this show with a request from Twitter. Somebody tweeted us with a request. <laughs> you can do that on uh, Kana Rinse. You could even use the hashtag Sound of Play if you want. Nobody does. I don't know how helpful it is, really, but there you go. Uh, Ed Orman at Uppercut Ed on Twitter says, The Archon. I always thought it's Archon. Maybe it's Archon, but I believe it's Archon. It's got an H in it. The Archon title music is one of my faves and has been my ringtone for more than 10 years. So that's what we heard. It's the theme from Archon, the original, The Light and the Dark by Tommy V. Dunbar. And we also heard. After the Commodore 64 incarnation, the original recording with actual instruments, just slightly longer tune. So uh, we'd have had those back to back to open the show. Now, Archon is uh, an aged game from 83, 84 era. Uh, it was from a time when Electronic Arts were a prestigious label that mainly dealt in releasing games sort of interesting curious games developed by small groups of people as most games were back then with interesting concepts as i say ea were had a reputation for being creative and they had yeah quite a good name for for innovation and yeah high quality products so for those of you younger listeners that may seem (laughs) that may seem surprising but this was a game archon uh, of chaos and order playing each other in a game of chess, both a type of chess, a strategic variant chess, where pieces such as the Beamoth and the Siren, Ifrit and Firebird, Salamander, Thunderbird, Kraken, and the Giant faced off against one another in a, a light and dark conflict, and where in a game of chess, One piece would simply remove another from a board and they would only have their own move set in this game. Each piece had its own actual skill set and that would translate into a little, a fairly simple arcade game, sort of one-on-one, two-player sort of shooting game, strategic shooting game, where the the pieces with the different abilities would face off against one another. Some matchups were interesting because the pieces were horribly unbalanced and some of them were quite close, tense affairs. Uh, and then it would also, of course, come down partly to your your arcade skills or your your joystick wrangling. It was a fairly straightforward eight way uh, movement and and fire button affair. But it was uh, it was a really interesting game with probably some hidden depths. I believe it was translated into a board game, obviously without the the arcadey shoot 'em y bit. Uh, I don't know what what they uh, replaced that with. But yeah, I used to play this a lot. I had this on the Atari eight eight bits, which I think may have been the original version. Uh, there was a sequel later called Adept Archon Two, also known as Son of Archon. Uh, never played that one. I don't know. Don't know what they added or took away. I don't remember if it reviewed quite as well as the original. But yeah, it's an interesting game. I think it's the sort of thing that you could easily imagine. And it may be that there are reimaginings of this game. But I could certainly imagine something that was conceptually almost identical to this coming out for contemporary systems, particularly on Steam, maybe on Switch as well. And I, for one, would embrace it. Next up, we have something from a very different game from a few years later. Dom's Beard requested it. Dom's Beard says, though it isn't an amazing piece of music you would listen to again and again, I heard it recently for the first time in years and it put me back to my local arcade in the early 90s, hearing it blasting out from the machine and the smell of cigarettes and not much natural light in the room. This is Metro City Slums from Final Fight. (laughs) Come <laughs> on. 1989's Final Fight, the composers on that game were many. Manami Matsumai, Yoshihiro Sakaguchi, Yosuaki Fujita, Hiromitsu Takaoka Yuko Shimamura, uh, Junko Tamiya and Harumi Fujita. I don't know who was responsible for that piece. So I won't even claim to guess. But we covered Final Fight in our podcast on Keina Rinse, issue 214. We had Andrew Smith, one of the people who worked on the Final Fight Double Impact Double Pack, which was available, probably still is, available for download on 360 and PS3, and I think Steam as well, maybe even elsewhere. It was an interesting time. On the subject of arcades, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you uh, will or will be about to hear our latest Patreon exclusive podcast, just a dollar a month, gets you access to that. Jay and I talk for almost a couple of hours this week. We talked about our recent visit to the magnificent Arcade Club in Bury, northwest of England, just outside Manchester. It's a three-floor converted former mill, and it is jam-packed with literally hundreds of arcade machines from dating from the late 70s all the way up to the mid-2000s. And in fact, actually, on the middle floor, they've got some even newer stuff. Uh, some relatively contemporary cabinets on the non-retro floor. Uh, It costs about £16, exactly £16, for access to all the floors for all day, as long as you want. They're open sort of 12 hours, I think, at the weekends. Uh, And it was amazing. It was wonderful uh, to be in that environment once again. I miss it so much. Brighton, as I've said many times on podcasts, used to have... A huge amount of arcades, huge numbers of arcades all down West Street, all along the seafront. And I was lucky enough to grow up here and have access to most of the, the latest and greatest games at any one time. few things didn't make it. Sometimes oh, that, I never saw that one in the wild. But most things came, most of the big ones, m- many multiple cabinets as well for many games on the pier and uh, down the seafront on the promenade as well. Uh, And so just to see all those machines up and running again, many of them with the original uh, cabinet art, the marquees. And uh, even in some cases, I think maybe not so many with the uh, with the actual uh, the the control panel having the original art. Some of those back in the day used to have actual, you know, like bespoke labels next to the buttons and things based on the machine you were playing. Uh, A lot of those, I think, have, uh, have worn away. You can, of course, reproduce them. There's, uh, there's sites, uh, I think, dedicated to uh, giving you the resources to do massive prints of, of those so you can um, put them on the side of your own cabinets if you have such things. But yeah, just the, the sights and the smells and the sounds, the colours of the arcade, uh, it was great to be there again and have free play all day on all those machines. Not too much queuing either, even on a Saturday. I recommend it. There's one in Berry, one in Leeds now as well. And uh, yes, they had a final fight among many, many others. Only a few obvious omissions, I felt. And uh, actually, a lot of more than there were omissions. There were some great surprises as well, like games I wasn't necessarily expecting to see and certainly not in such good working order. So any fan of Sound of Play, I reckon uh, you'd probably have a good time if you can get there up to Berry. I say Berry because I'm a soft southerner, but that's not the right way of saying it. Now we have a Famicom game, or an NES incarnation of a Famicom game, I should say. This is from The Green Flea, from our forum, who says, Our parents randomly gave us Dragon Fighter with our NES when we were kids. I wasn't very good at it then, but have since found out it's a pretty rare and expensive title. Now I have played through the game in its entirety, and it's great. When I was young, I could only get past the first stage, but I played that first stage over and over trying to get to the next one, it's a snow level where the majority of enemies are green, furry humanoids that I always assumed were Grinches, a la the Dr Seuss book, and uh, and short. So let's just call the song Grinch Massacre from now on. This is Grinch Massacre from Dragonfighter. called frozen battle iku mizutani koichi yamanishi worked on the tunes for natsume's dragon fighter it was released by two companies i've never heard of i don't think or if i have i don't remember Chiki uh, released it in japan and sofel or sofel <laughs> s-o-f-e-l released it in the usa in 1992 i imagine the famicom sound was slightly different as it often was the, the famicom had a more expansive and expensive sound chip in it compared to the NES but that was the chip tune version which resonated and the green flea remembers so we play the right version in the case of a request where we can now a tune from 2001 the future space year 2001 this is from Gran Turismo 3 Rob 25 X says while playing Gran Turismo 6 non-stop recently I've been thinking about the series soundtracks. My favourite music from all games in the GT series has to be Obscure by Daiki Kasho from Gran Turismo 3, Memories. obscure from Gran Turismo 3 A-spec, Polyphony Digital of course, for Sony on the PlayStation 2 2001 that was the game after leaving the PS2 fairly well alone for the first 10 months of its life I really wasn't impressed by the lineup. the response to the machine, I know it's hard to imagine now given the library it ended up with and the amount of sales it ended up with, but the first year was really not very good, I wouldn't have said, from the PS2's point of view. It took until the release of Gran Turismo 3, which is really not my kind of game, actually, but I was still learning that back then. It's only three years since the first one, and I was still thinking that I could get into these uh, quite hardcore driving-y games. I know, not hardcore compared to some of the super simulations you can get on the PC. I acknowledge that. But relative to arcade console games, it was pretty serious and dry, And yeah, uh, it took me another few incarnations of that and Forza to realise that I just don't really play those games for very long. But Gran Turismo 3 was incredibly technically impressive for the time. It looked like it looked photo real to my eyes back in 2001. And there was also Time Crisis 2 came out, Fantavision came out, a few other interesting games. And then that autumn 2001, we got Devil May Cry, we got Silent Hill 2, and suddenly the PS2 was a... Very desirable machine and went on to become one of the essentials. I still have my second PlayStation 2 sitting just behind me uh, and still get some use to this day. Uh, so, yeah, that was from Gran Turismo 3 ASPEC. Now, from the following year, Ginger Tastic01 from the forum requests a Resi track. Not everyone's favorite Resident Evil game, says Ginger Tastic, but I have a real soft spot for zero just come out again on the switch of course playing it again recently i'd forgotten how atmospheric and foreboding the music is the track i would like to request is for the main training facility area called well training facility main theme which has a suitably dark drone to it Seiko Kabuchi's training facility main theme from Resident Evil Zero. We covered all the mainline Resident Evil games on the Kane and Rinse podcast. Zero was issue 330. The train bit was great. The rest of it, not so much. Too much shepherding items around for my liking. And some fairly nondescript locales. But that train bit still looks great. Uh, 25 quid on the Switch, though, seems to be a bit of a stumbling block for many. For the, was it 30 quid even? 25 or 30 quid for the Capcom re-releases. barely what people call lazy ports or perfunctory, bog-standard conversions of the uh, the other recent versions. Um, but if you want to play the masterpiece that is Resident Evil 4, that we've covered twice on the Cane and Rince podcast, on a handheld system, or on your telly as well. Uh, Switch seems to be quite a decent place to do it. But yeah, Resident Evil Zero, check it out if you're a big if you're a big fan of the series. You'd have played it already, I'm sure. Our next request is for a game you can also play on contemporary systems via even via Game Pass, but you can play it via backwards compatibility on the Xbox One, and it's hyper enhanced on the Xbox One X. Ninja Gaiden looks absolutely sensational, running in 4K and still plays like a dream, albeit a very difficult dream. This is requested by K Sub 1000, our friend Camille. No words, just the request. This is Lyric from Ninja Guy. Ryo Koike and Wakana Hara wrote the music for Ninja Gaiden. It's the black version that you can play on Xbox One and Xbox One X now, which is uh, much the same, slightly enhanced, a few extras, a few bits and bobs uh, as the coin-op hidden away in it, rather than the NES games, or as well as I've never been certain. It's too hard to unlock it all. Uh, you can look that up online, no doubt. should also say uh, that Ninja Gaiden, the coin-op version also known as shadow warriors in the west uh, recently came out on the arcade archives label uh, and uh, that's a fun time as well not perhaps not quite as brutally difficult as the nes and xbox games actually but still tough enough now this is a selection from an i would say oft forgotten nintendo game. It's by toza the people who were responsible for porting a lot of uh, stuff around like Things that are springing to mind are the Final Fantasy games to the uh, systems such as PS1 and and DS. But occasionally they've been roped into making an original title. In this case, for Nintendo, this was Super Princess Peach. Now, there's there's an argument which says that the content of Super Princess Peach is a little problematic in that it's a game very specifically about a female character, Princess Peach, who is entirely dictated by her emotions which are uh, extreme in each case uh, anger sadness happiness and <laughs> the one other emotion that i can't think of i can't remember how the game worked um well it was a game i was always interested in playing nintendo thought enough of it to keep it within the mushroom kingdom the mario verse but then i say that and actually they've they've released some fairly ropey stuff that could be bundled in with all that uh, over the years, I'm thinking of the uh, the Artoon Yoshi's Island games and and even a few going back as far as the NES, some slightly dodgy, uh, tangentially co- connected Mario type stuff. But this game actually reviewed quite well on the DS back in 2005. It was at least seen as an interesting sort of spin on that kind of thing. Uh, and <laughs> Suits' request is for Fury Volcano 1 and simply says, when the organ comes in, funk. Uh. we Kira Fujiwara is a composer for Super Princess Peach. I think if we ever did an extended podcast series on Cane and of Mario, oddities, curios and spin-offs, Super Princess Peach would almost certainly make the list. Uh, I would be quite interested to play it uh, warts and all. Penultimately, we have a request from, it's actually a much more recent game, but with a more retro sound to it. Mr Ixolite says I would like to submit Galaxy Man's theme composed by Yu Shimoda for Mega Man 9 it demonstrates the Mega Man knack of clear melodies that ring unexpected depth from the 8-bit limitations and can easily sustain repeated loops across a hazardous platforming stage I find Galaxy Man in particular irresistibly catchy and have long restrained myself from an urge to throw it into playlists at parties instead It is my go-to example whenever I attempt to convince someone of the merits of chiptune-based music. Lexi Man by Yoshimoda. So that was from Inti Creates Mega Man 9, which came out in 2008, over a decade ago now. Uh, but that came out, of course, on Wii and PS3 and 360, but was made in the style of a direct NES sequel to previous Mega Mans. Did they get out to 8 on the NES? I'm kind of confused about the Mega Man series. Obviously, it split off into Mega Man X the Super Nintendo and so on we covered Mega Man 1 and 2 on the cana rinse podcast that was back in issue 296 uh, but to be honest although there are those excellent compilations that uh, that bundle all those NES games together uh, and also 9 and ten the retro styled contemporary ish sequels the idea of playing through all those games, sequentially did not appeal wildly to me. But if there's enough demand from the team, then it could still happen that we cover at least another couple, three and four. But generally everyone was like, yep, two, (laughs) that's the peak of the series. (laughs) After that, it's more of the same. So I don't know, uh, perhaps some hardcore Rockman fans would like to disagree with that. Uh, I'm sure there are reasons for playing every single game in the series, but uh, it might be a tough call to make. Lots and lots of interesting podcasts about them. I don't know. I don't know. Remember, please venture over to our forum at canarince.com forum or Twitter, as we heard earlier, at Canarince. Use that hashtag Sound of Play. Or you can even do it on our Facebook page, which you should give a like to anyway. It's where we do news, facebook.com slash You can request your favourites and we'll continue to include a selection in each regular Sound of Play podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. Leave us an Apple podcast review or rating. I can no longer, I no longer have to say iTunes because it's being killed. It will be Apple podcasts from now on. Uh, also, wherever else you get podcasts, whatever catcher you use RSSV SSV based. And you can't listen to Sound of Play on Spotify, but you can listen to Kana Rince on Spotify. We also have other podcasts. As I say, Kana Rince comes out on Mondays. The Patreon show comes out a week in advance. We have Playwright on Thursdays in which Ryan and Ryan create new games. Genuinely excellent listening to that, as is The Sausage Factory on Fridays in which Chris interviews independent games developers, those behind some of the interesting games that we play that come out in the modern day. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you've enjoyed this show and you appreciate all that we do, please consider donating that minimum of a dollar a month or more if you think we're worth it and you can afford it through our Patreon, patreon.com slash Rince. It really, really does help us keep on doing what we do because we do a lot of it. We love it, but it is extremely time consuming and takes up a lot of our life. So uh, sometimes we need to kind of make that count. Uh, Thank you to all of our community contributors for this show. Please please keep your requests coming. We have a nice, healthy... Backlog of them, but every time we do a show like this, they run out a bit, and we want more. We want some new tunes, new ideas, not just your favorites. All time favorites are great, and tell us why. Tell us about the pieces that move you, but also pick oddments and curios and things that you remember from times gone by and tell us about why you want us to play them. Now, we close with a track uh, that comes with some sadness. Uh, we lost one of. The video games composition community recently as uh, Rayman's Remy Gazelle lost his life to cancer he composed the original Rayman and a few other uh, Rayman related titles this is a piece from the original game Rayman I'm sure will mean a lot to a lot of people the game came out in 1995 on uh, PlayStation 1 but also every other format <laughs> you can think of that was active at the time and some since and some uh, some that some that forgotten some that are still used but rayman sold an awful lot of copies uh, don't know what's happening with the rayman series at the moment but certainly we probably would never have got uh, origins and legends and the other yeah the 2d uh, the 2 and 3 3d sequels either if it hadn't been for rayman and uh yeah so i just thought i'd play a tune from that first game maybe nostalgic for a lot of people we can appreciate remy gazelle's input into our lives and into the gaming medium this is actually a piece uh, that is uh, sort of a segue between two sections this is a bit called drums of the enemy before we move on to learning with rayman which i thought was one of the more uh, fully formed pieces a lot of the pieces from rayman one are just one minute loops so this is actually a whole sequence. Uh, And I hope you'll enjoy it Uh, and we'll leave you with that until next time with Ryan on Sound of Play 202. Until then.